Hey, welcome to the Enduring Churches podcast. Alan Small here with Trent Young today. We are so glad to be with you. We've been we've been away, Trent. It's so good to be yeah, back with yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful that we get the, to be back. Yeah, well, you and I both have been going. I have no hair, but if I was, it would be on fire, you know. And so it's been crazy. Uh, it's just that time of year, right? It is, and then we. We get back, get ready for you to go, and and then you, your voice was gone. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you found your voice. And that's yeah, kind of it's we, in, we talked about that last week, but we didn't have you to talk about it with. It was weird. <laughs> well, I keep mine in a jar under the bed, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it is so good, so good to have you back with us today. You know, we love talking with pastors. We love talking about. A church ministry. And today we're, we're not going to talk about anything complicated. In fact, it's probably things that you know, but I think all of us can, can use refreshers from time to time about our communication chain and how we're commuting, communicating important things. Because if there's one thing that frustrates our church members more than anything else, I think it's a lack of communication throughout the church. So we want to talk about about that issue today. So Trent, you kind of put this note together. What what was in your heart that led led to this conversation today? Well, we've got you know we've got two things happening in our churches. You've got um, pastors who are getting older as a demographic, um, and are not always um, technologically adept. Uh, don't feel comfortable with a lot of different technologies. And then you also, you have a, especially mid middle-aged to younger group that is becoming more and more used to uh, communicating in lots of different formats. And so those two don't always go together. And so that's, I, I could sense some frustration from pastors that I've visited with. And even me, as I'm trying to reach out to pastors and churches uh, I realized that in the area I am at, I have to mul- I have to multitask when it comes to communication. I have to do communication in lots of different formats to get the message out to all of my folks. So that that's kind of what was going on in my mind, and, and that's where we're at. Yeah, I think what we have to do is recognize that no matter what your technology base is, not everyone in your church communicates at that same place. And at that same level now, even even when I was in Colorado with all the technical things around us and a place called the Denver Tech Center, you know, not far from where I live, there were still a lot of people who who didn't want to have smartphones or didn't Mm -hmm. have email addresses and all those kinds of things. And I certainly run into that more here, but I also run into people who are like, let me help your church get set up. And there's a, a, a lot of people trying to help in that area. So I certainly see that as well. So let's talk today then about the communication that we need to think about. And the first thing obviously is kind of having a knowledge base of what's going on in your church, right? Right. And, you know, as, as you think about what, what you know about different communication forms, I think you really need to start off by asking yourself some really important questions. The first of all is, you know, what's my goal? What what am I trying to communicate? Um, if this is from a pastor to your church about different events in your church, that may determine um, what format you use. And, and so, 
you kind of need to ask yourself that. And, and so we're going to talk about lots of different types of communication today, not just um, tech-based, um, you know, not technology, but we're going to go low-tech too and talk about that there's still a place for those things as well. So yeah, we do need to know our people. We need to know what our goal is. And then how do you, what things do you know about how to communicate? Yeah, you have an, an other note in here that's what is the speed of communication that needs to happen? And that certainly affects how we're doing it. The more the more urgent the, the need, the, the quicker you obviously have to communicate those things and what are your quickest avenues. You know, I still remember, I still remember the old phone tree <laughs> yes, from, yeah. from churches, you know, mm -hmm. years ago where, you know, everyone was supposed to call someone further down the list so that they knew right. what they were doing. But, you know, well, now, that, now it's that, a text list. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and that, that phone tree, there, there are companies that that still exists, not in the same format where one person calls the next person and all that, but there are still companies where that, you know, you can call in your your message and it will call all the people on your list. We use that in Oklahoma. Uh, it was pretty helpful at times. You know, you think about uh, we're getting ready to come into the holiday season and you've got uh, sometimes inclement weather that may affect your church services. And uh, that is an issue that you need to be able to communicate very quickly with your people. If you get up on Sunday morning and you do like I used to do. I'd go try to drive the roads in my area if it had snowed and say, hey, can my folks get out, you know? And then I would need to get in touch with them very quickly if we had, myself and the deacons had made a decision on whether we were having service or not. Yeah, so those are things that we need to think about. We need to talk about that speed factor, certainly one of the factors, but, you know, you have to think about your people, first of all, you know, who, who are my people? You know, their age obviously tends to affect a lot of it because almost every every kid from the time they're four years old, it seems today, knows knows how to work a smartphone. And that seems to be where, where most people spend their time today is is through their phone. So mm -hmm. you obviously need to know, OK, is that who my audience is or is my church? A, a lot of people who don't even have smartphones that are are mad at smartphones and they want their flip phone <laughs> yeah. or they don't even have a cell phone even. So, mm -hmm. you know, who, who are your people? You need to know that. And there's some tendencies among certain age groups, obviously, mm -hmm. um, in regards to that. Yeah. And I, I think what you mentioned there, the age group is, is a big part of that. I will say there are some caveats though, because one of the guys that I communicate with pretty regularly you know, he's almost 80 years old, but man, he can use Facebook Messenger and he can text and he knows how to do all that stuff. And he, he just does it all in capital letters. <laughs> so, <laughs> But yeah, it, but you do have to think about age group because that does typically affect, you know, what people are used to. Uh, you also need to think about um, interest groups uh, in your church or maybe it's a, an organization that you're part of. Um, and that will help determine your type of communication as well. That's so true. Yes. The who who the group of people certainly affects everything that you're trying to do do with that. So when you're thinking about the groups of people, that's probably going to determine the method that you pick here. And so one of the ways that 
is prominent that we didn't have when we first started out in ministry, but it's one of the most common ways that we communicate today is, is really through social media. When we think about the forms of communication, so much today is do, done through um, the social media. So we're not relying on people to open their bulletins um, that they stuck in their Bible and they walked out of church. We're not relying on them to open that and every day look at that and say, oh, yes, I forgot. It. So we're, we're using we're using things like like Facebook or, or Twitter um, today. So why is it important? You know, some people say, well, Facebook's had its day, but why is it important to still use a tool like Facebook? Well, it, it, it goes back to one of our questions we asked earlier, Alan, and that is the age group. Um, if you want to communicate to people that are in their 60s down to about their 30s, then Facebook is going to be one of your major um, conduits for communication to your folks. They're all on it. They check it multiple times a day. Uh, and so that's going to be one of your big um, free, at least for the time being, uh, free ways to communicate with that age group. But if you are wanting to communicate to younger people, then you're going to not use Facebook because they're not going to be on Facebook. Um, they may be on Twitter or, or Snapchat. Um, there's there's all kinds of, of different Telegram, you know, it depends where who you're communicating to. Um, if you're communicating with somebody overseas, you may use Telegram um, because that's going to be what they have, you know. And so you just kind of have to keep in mind those questions again. Who am I communicating with at what age group and what interest group? And so you've got to keep those things in mind. Yeah. When you think about Facebook, it's just a uh, common because even what what the younger generations do with Facebook is they use it for ads and marketing. They're on there working. Um, it's a place where they accomplish tasks, not so much a place where they go and hang out, but mm -hmm. they usually tend to be on there. It's just that, yeah, um, in a different way. You know, the same might be said for something like Twitter. Um, you know, when you think about a tool like Twitter is there to communicate quick and and uh, a short, short things, you're obviously not going to put a whole lot of long stuff on there, at least the way, way it is right now. Uh, mm -hmm. But Twitter has certainly been a popular source. Um, you know, I think the thing with Facebook and Twitter is how do you communicate in a way that is positive? I think you always have to keep those things in front of you because there's so much negative today associated with anger and angry posts and you know, I, I'd like to encourage all of our churches and church leaders out there, don't use those as a platform for venting frustrations, whether it's with culture, with church or anything like that. Use it as a place for communication because that's where it's most effective and that's where it's most helpful for people. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So I think that's pretty important. You mentioned something like Snapchat. That's where a lot of kids are. Of course, they're they're all morphing into TikTok and other things mm -hmm. as well. You kind of got to stay stay up on some of those things. So the younger the younger they are, the more likely you need to need to branch out into other areas of social media. If we try to break those down today, they'll they'll be out of date tomorrow. So we won't try to break <laughs> all all of those down. But there's yeah. one other one you need to be aware of because so many churches are using that today, and, and that's YouTube, which is kind of social media with a twist obviously, mm -hmm. and everyone knows about YouTube and YouTube videos, but 
one of the trends today is to do something like we're doing, but have a a channel, um, whether for your church, where you communicate things. So you can send out a devotional that is a video devotional. You can send out announcements as a video announcement. And and so whenever you uh, put a new video up, your church gets a notification on their phone or computer that, hey, there's a new message from your church. And so YouTube has become quite popular beyond just being a place where people put their sermons. It's also a tool that people use to communicate different aspects of, of church life. Yeah, that's really true. And it, you know, it, it's nice when you can do a video yourself because you control the, what's communicated. Um, you can, you know, the actual message and how it's communicated and you can do that by video. I would throw in though, um, one thing that might be helpful for our pastors and leaders is to talk to, um, say you're trying to reach the youth in your church um, ask some of them, hey, what would be the best channel for me on social media to connect with you all? And let them tell you and guide you. Um, and they'll they'll show you some things probably you have no idea that even exist, uh, but that will help you to get into their channels and to be able to communicate easily with them. Yeah, and list them, some of them to help you communicate so you know, mm-hmm. um, so you know, where they're at, have some of them look over your messages. So you make sure you don't use a term that you, <laughs> that you <laughs> yeah. use wrong. Um, I find mm-hmm. I do that a whole lot more often today than I, than I used to. Uh, right. I don't, I don't yeah, think you, that word means what you think it means anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Princess bride all over again. Well, and, and um, help get them to help you with a video. You know, you're talking about YouTube and stuff. They're used to doing videos all the time. They do it on their phone all the time. Um, and so that that's no big deal where we kind of stress out about it as older folks, we stress out about, well, does it look right? And I can't get my phone, you know, aimed the right direction. Get some of your youth to help you out with that. So um, the, the next thing, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about social media, but, but um, YouTube kind of leads us into the idea of podcast and video cast. And there's, there's a lot of things that, if you're listening to us, of course, you're listening to a podcast right now. And I think this is a valuable tool for you as a pastor to be able to use and, and talk about maybe something you've been trying to communicate through a sermon. What are your thoughts about that, Alan? It certainly gives you a chance to go deeper and to go beyond. You know, one of the things, you know, we have to recognize in this day of communication is, you know, as people's attention spans have gotten shorter, the work of pastoral ministry and sermon preparation has, has kind of changed or even in some cases there's stuff that you might like to share with some people but you know that's not relevant to the whole congregation but right. it, it would it might be fitting to put that into a podcast that, that comes out in, in reference to your sermon or you can ask have people ask questions about your message you could receive have them respond on Twitter. Hey, what questions did you have about today's message? You could go through and answer some of those questions, you know, on your, on your podcast. So, you know, it gives you an opportunity to give, to, to give interaction um, to, to your sermon series. It it also can be a a forum to do other types of Bible studies that maybe you can't do um, in your church, in your church framework because of size, time, space, whatever. 
so you can do some of those things and many of them too record them with video and then put them up on 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 a place like youtube as well or vimeo whoever it is that they choose to use but you have a couple ways to go with podcasts or video cast and it's just an additional way to think about communicating your message and keeping your message out there the thing about podcasts and video casts it's a, a much longer form uh, outside outside really any other form of communication, it probably gives you the freedom to go the longest um, mm-hmm. with, and still have people kind of paying attention or somewhat paying paying attention. So, so it can be a valuable tool that way. Yeah, you do still have to know your limits on that because honestly, people are not going to sit through an hour um, video. They're, you know, if you can't get them sucked in with, you know, the first... 30 seconds to a minute, you're going to lose them very quickly. And then they'll probably, if you do get them connected, then they'll stay and listen to you maybe 30 minutes, but beyond that, you're going to struggle. And and so I wanted to mention too, that podcast, video casts, really the same thing. Uh, it's just one has video attached to it. Um, and, and honestly, Alan and I, we use video to record our podcast. We just choose not to put the video out there with it um and so when you've got faces faces made for podcasting and not video (laughs) casting there's a reason yeah we alan and i worked in radio a long time and and that's what we have faces made for radio which we're we're so thankful for podcasts (laughs) but really honestly you can do that um like we're using google meets right now you can use zoom you can there's all kinds of tools so many more than when we first started this kind of deal so um, you know, use those. Uh, there's so there's lots of options, lots of options. Well, Trent, let's kick it old school now. We've talked a lot about what maybe are some of the newer things, but let's kind of go back and talk about print. Is there even a place in our church culture today for print media? I know um, when you were still pastoring, you had gone to a virtual bulletin, so you weren't even handing out a lot of paper bulletins every week. So, is there a place today for print media? Yeah, I think that there is uh, because of what we talked about at the beginning, your age groups, you're going to need to do both. And that's what we did, honestly, with our bulletin. We had a print bulletin, but then we also had a digital one that people could look at on their phone. And it's your older people are print native. Your younger people are digital native. And you you want to hit them in their native language. And so that's kind of what, why you do do what you do. But, um, you know, I think you can be really creative. I loved doing our bulletin uh, the churches that I pastored because I, I worked in advertising. I love that kind of stuff. I love that creativity. Some people, that just makes them gag. So they don't want to think about that. Uh, but I think there still is a place for something like a bulletin, maybe even a newsletter. I know a lot of churches I send out a newsletter every month or so. A lot of other ministries do that. Um, and so there's, yeah, there's a lot of different possibilities. Yeah, if your community has a compelling newspaper, uh, you can still even use that to communicate certain things, certain events or, or things like that. Direct mail still has a role. It still has a place. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd encourage you to to look at the returns on that, which, if you're using it as an invitation tool, your returns could probably be spent much more wisely with a great social mm-hmm. media ad. And so I would yes. encourage you to 
to look to doing like Facebook ads that are a fraction of the cost and have a much higher return rate overall. Um, but there's still a place sometimes for, for direct mail, especially like with new residents and other things where you're trying to communicate your presence to someone who otherwise might not know who you are. So again, I think it's circumstantial. It, it depends on who you are, where you're at and, and how those things work. And I think there's still a great place today. If you write someone a note, drop that in the mail and it's a handwritten note, those They'll still carry weight. Now, not all of us, you know, are good at that. But if you if you're the kind of person you like to do that, then by all means, use use what is available in print um, to reach out to people. And that would be meaningful uh, to a great yeah. number. I think what you just said, the meaningful is really true of a handwritten note. We've lost that in the recent days. And, and I think if you want to really communicate something heartfelt, then you should go with a handwritten note, a card that you send to someone. Um, that means so much more most of the time than a text, an email, or anything else. And so, it, yeah, again, what are you trying to communicate? What's your goal? Um, you know, another, as we move back into technology here, web pages are important for churches. Um, they are not your front door. Uh, they're more like your kitchen. <laughs> so, um, you know, you need to have your social media is going to be your front door for people, your first con first point of contact, most likely for people looking at your church and then they'll go to your web page. And so it's important still to have a web page to communicate some things. What are your thoughts about that, Alan? Definitely put money into your web page. Make sure it's it's a contemporary look. Make sure you have a, a front page that that can get people's attention or whatever, but don't ignore it. You don't have to have a, a web page that has every document, every little thing about your church. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just one good page, give them one good page that gets all the basics out there, a link to, to the sermon so they can see what your church looks like, um, your service times, your location, a, a link to online giving, all those things that you, that, are quick access. If you can get all those on one page, that's the most important page that you will ever have. The second most important page is probably about the staff. Mm -hmm. They want to know who the, they want to know a little more about the pastor and or staff of the church. So take care of those things in your website and you know, you can, you can build it out and work with a website company um, to do that, but make sure you do and we can always help connect you with a web expert um, right. as well we'd love to if you reach out to us we'll give you some names of some people we've worked with well and i i have to say this about web pages because i see it so many times people do not update their web pages and they're like a year out of date and they've got a calendar app on the front page of their web page and it's like you know six months ago was when the latest thing they have on there it's like just you've got to keep those things updated or, or people will see that and they're like, oh, well, forget it. You know, if it's not updated, that's important. And it's a job I don't like. So find someone to help <laughs> you with that if you don't like like that's to great. do that. <laughs> now, before web pages, um, we were all trying to figure out how we could get out there. And there were things like radio and and TV. And I remember, you know, waking up as a kid on Sunday morning and my mom would have 
church service after church service on as we were getting ready to go to church um, on one of the three networks. And on the three networks, all they had on was churches until about the time for church to start and Grizzly Adams came on. So, uh, <laughs> so, some grizzly. so anyway, you know, a lot of churches were on radio and had radio broadcasts. I first heard uh, Chuck Swindoll preach on a radio broadcast, kind of fell in love with his preaching. So mm-hmm. is there a place for radio and TV today as a, as a source of communication? I think so. You know, radio is where Alan and I cut our teeth on, you know, being involved in, in uh, media. I worked in uh, radio when I was in high school and then um, moved into that in in college and i still think radio is something that people they're used to using it and every time they're in their car they've got the radio on Um, people don't like to travel in silence for the most part and so they're either going to have something like a podcast or a radio station so i think it's a very prominent um, area way to uh, communicate with people is through radio um, television, it's a little harder to get into that, but if you have a local channel um, you, and someone who will help you, you can still do some great stuff um, with local TV. And you don't have to forget about the ad side as well. I mean, there are places where sometimes you can even, if you're not doing a, sh- a program, you can still do ads or, mm-hmm. or think about ads in different places. So if you have a small town that has a radio station, um that's popular uh, you know an ad on there might be might be quite helpful um for communicating mm-hmm. more about who you are um as a church and so that can be important now when i think about phone calls trent you know i think about back in the day dialing and he always hated when there was a nine in the number because yeah you know, and, uh-huh. and, and that, that's my first, when I think about phone calls, I think about a cord stretched over the house and those, those old rotaries, of course, it, it, it it's a lot different today, but phone mm-hmm. calls are still hearing someone's voice still matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a great way, especially for your senior adults to minister and reach out to them uh, with the pastor speaking a message that goes and calls everyone. You control the message. It control and control who it goes to. It can be very timely. I mean, you can send out a call to a thousand people in just minutes and it's really quick. And so there's some great um, companies that can help you to do that. Be glad to help. If you have questions about that, please contact us. Uh, Alan, another one I just thought of, um, it's not on our note, but I, I, it's can be really cool is the movie theater. You know, they play ads a lot before a movie, and there are companies that will um, sell you an ad space in a local movie theater for your church. And so I I think that is a great space. You've got a captive audience. You make a fun little video, and it's on there, and you get it gets to be shown a bunch of times. Yeah, I would encourage you, if you're going to do that, do something splashy and that, that is not just a screen that looks like a, a bad power oh, yeah. though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when you're going to the place where they're making where Pixar's throwing in their 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 uh, ability to make animation and, and movies, and you're throwing a PowerPoint slide that looks like it's straight out of 2001, it's not a good mix. So do, if you do mm-hmm. something, just make it good. Get pay 
pay someone to help you do it right. If you're going to put the money into the ad, make make that ad um, wor- worthwhile, and you won't regret it. I think you're right. It'll have a huge payoff. You mentioned phones. You know, one of the other things, just on a side note, with phones being mostly cell phones today, there are a lot of companies that will help you do uh, mass texting to your church to communicate things. So if you think about things like inclement weather or something like that, if you want to have a texting service where you send one text and it goes out to the entire church um, who has signed up for that service, that can be really, really helpful as well. And, you know, they're out there. I think they're kind of pricey, but I think the price continues to come down as the competition in that space gets more and more intense. But, um, you know, don't ever give up on the idea of texting. It is probably the singular most popular way people communicate short pieces of information today. So um, texting texting and email, those are things that but maybe we didn't talk about a lot because you're doing them all the time. Um, but don't don't give up on texting. Don't give up on email. Email is still an important right. and powerful tool. I use a source like MailChimp to help send out my emails to, to churches and church leaders and you know, I, I find having a service is a little b- bit more helpful because they help me collect extra information and, and get new subscribers. Yeah, that's great. And again, that goes back to one of our first questions is the speed. You know, um, text, of course, is very quick. And you know that when somebody gets a text, they're going to read it. Um, and so that can be very quick. Email is a little bit slower um, within a day. You figure if you if it's OK for someone to get the message within 24 hours, then email is a good option. If you need them to get it within 30 minutes, then text is a whole lot better option for you on that. And what Alan said, there's some great companies that will help you to do that as well. Well, Trent, we've talked about all these different kinds of things. We've talked about social media. We've talked about uh, things like podcasts. We've, we've done old school, new school, schools in between. <laughs> yeah. What are, I mean, we should probably give some suggestions here for, things that you need to remember when you're communicating. And I think one that's universal, no matter if it's a sermon, if it's uh, just an announcement, today you have to be shorter and more direct than you've ever been before. You know, keep it short, keep it, keep it direct. I mean, some, a handful of guys can preach an hour long sermon and keep everyone's attention. That's not most of us, even if we think it is, mm-hmm. you know, right. so, so, you know, be shorter, be direct. Don't, don't beat around the bush. I have a lot of people say, Hey, would you look at this for me? I need to send this out. I'm like, why do you have all that fluff? Mm-hmm. You're, you're sending a text, you're sending an email, be direct. People don't want to read through fluff. Yeah. We do this a lot in person and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but we over explain uh, and people don't, they don't want to wait through that uh, text, but, you know, especially on a text, it's got to be short to the point anyway. Don't be that guy that sends a text that people have to scroll to read all the text. They ought to be just, you know, one, one line, two lines, something like that. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Trent, just as an example, on even on Twitter, I very rarely read threads where it doesn't follow the t- typical guidelines of Twitter where they can make it as kind of a stream of them. Yeah. I, I, I don't want that. Right. I, I didn't get, I didn't get on Twitter for that. So, you know, if you're <laughs> out there and I'm sorry, I'm not reading your tweets, but it's just how it is. I don't, I don't like them. I don't think there's, 
I think they're more annoying than, than anything else. So don't be annoying. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point, Alan. That's and something to live by. Yeah. So uh, another thing too is answering this question: How does this benefit me? You know, it, when you're communicating to someone, how give that in your short and direct deal? How how can this benefit them? Um, because people want to know that they want to know, hey, what's what's in it for me? Uh, we're a very self-centered culture. Honestly, that's just who we are. Yeah, I'll give you. Let me give you an example in the church service because this is really common in most church services and many churches across the country or whatever. You may have a group that has a meeting today. It could be a committee, a deacon team, what, whatever. And you go to your church announcements. Hey, we want to remind everybody that these six people have a meeting today. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of that? Exactly. What's the point of that? One, it did not deserve to be an announcement. It deserved to be a, a text or an email to those six people reminding you of our meeting today. Don't waste your words on useless things for your entire church. Now, it might be that you've got a ladies retreat coming up this week. Well, that's I've got men in my congregation. How does it benefit men? Well, there is a mutual benefit to, to something like that. Um, and mm -hmm. so make, make it beneficial to, to everyone, you know. Um, that's that's kind of kind of our role is to to think about it through the eyes of of how will this make a positive impact in my life? And if it doesn't, you probably need to rethink where you're communicating that and narrow narrow that down. Most churches spend way too much time doing announcements that are completely irrelevant and can be handled best some other way. People are all the time saying, I hate the announcements in church. Mm -hmm. Well, make fewer of them, find other ways to yeah. communicate those things. And you'll, you'll actually find that your announcements actually start to carry weight after that. So that's a great question. How, how, how does mm -hmm. it uh, benefit me? Trent, I think also one thing that's important is man, we need to be better at communicating. And I really do. One of the biggest complaints of church members is I just don't get enough communication. Mm. Yeah. But you need to communicate often and in different ways, but you don't need to give people more than they can handle. Right. Yeah. And that by when Alan says that, he's saying don't just keep, you know, if, if you're getting sending your church, you know, 10, 15 emails a day, that is ridiculous. Don't do that. Because um, they're going to quit reading all of them. They're they're just going to tune you out altogether. But your church does want to hear the important stuff. And so, you know, hit them with a, a short text on Wednesday because you've got a Wednesday night service coming up and, and you've got, hey, these are important things you need to know. Drop off your kids here or whatever. Um, and make those things, just like we said earlier, short and direct. Um, and make sure that you don't wear out your welcome, you know, because they will tune you out. They'll get so overwhelmed by you. It'll be just like a spam caller and they'll look at you at the same way. Yeah, it's about making your words count. It's about making communication matter to the people that it matters to. So if you don't communicate enough, you'll frustrate your people. If you over communicate, you'll frustrate people. And what's the happy medium? It depends on the it depends on the tool that you're using, and it depends on your personality. There's a lot of factors that that go into it, but I would encourage you. You know, 
I, I send out one email a week to my, to my church, to my pastors and church leaders. I will follow up if there's something urgent or important that's come up that can't be, can't wait until the next week. I will use that. And then they know if they get a midweek one, Hey, this is probably important, mm -hmm. but I try to limit, limit those things. So I don't frustrate, frustrate my people with a lot of um, useless communication. So just think about those things. You know, they don't, you don't need to be sending five or six texts to your church every day. You keep things at a reasonable pace. Right. And so today we've been talking about how to communicate well. There's lots of options. And I would encourage you use more than one option because depending on the age group of your people, their um, interest group, whatever, they're going to be communicating in different forms. And so we've listed several of those for you. Um, we, we're glad that you let us communicate to you through our podcast. Uh, and we're so thankful that you give us a little bit of time because we do this because we want to communicate to you how much we care about your ministry and we want you to be able to endure. And that's why we do this podcast. And so um, we hope that you'll take some time to share this if you have questions about any things we talked about, uh, please connect with us at EnduringChurches.com too. Thanks so much for being a part of this today. God bless you and hope to hear from you next week.